0: Evening, church. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. We will be based there tonight. So as you're turning your Bible, I just, I just want to say a few things. Um, I just want to thank you, Icos Church, for, for you guys just letting me be me. You guys let Dexter be Dexter. And when I share things with you, I know you guys have my back. I know I, I get support from you guys. And when I do share those, those little weird things, I, I know I, I, I don't see any judgment, but I see acceptance. And so I just want to let you in now into the life of Dexter, a window into windows world. Now, this doesn't often happen, but it does happen. And I want to be honest with you because I've just been in a season in, and have been and is in a season of struggling. I'm, I'm struggling. There are sleepless nights. There are times where I'm just just worried and, and I'm just stressed. Stressed about what? I'm just stressed about preaching sermons. Um, I've just been preaching consecutively now for months without you know, a week break. Even if you don't see me preach here at Oikos Church, I, I'm, I'm getting invited to other churches and I'm preaching in the morning and sometimes double service and it's just, and it's just going ongoing and, and I can't switch off. But the moment I get in my car, I'm already thinking about the next sermon and so I'm not, I'm not resting well. I'm, also, I'm, I'm at wit's end. I have no idea how to take this church forward and, and it's killing me. Um, there have been times where I have to I feel that I have to act all jolly and happy, happy-go-lucky Put on a mask And, and show you that everything's okay But, but I'm not okay um, I'm not um, I am struggling And you throw ministry Plus all the stuff that happens with life Into the mix uh, It's scaring me beyond my description and so I want to start off with telling you as well, I too struggle. I too struggle. And I believe this message, when I'm writing this, it's, it's not something that's coming from me. It's not something that I'm conjuring up with my own wisdom, with my own strength. No, 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 no. It's coming from the Lord. And it's actually birthed out of a really dark place out of me. And, and, and here it's, it's going to be. And I'm only standing here by the grace of God. And so what I want to do with this particular sermon is, is to talk about a famous prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Elijah. Elijah, like most of us, he loves God. He gets used mightily by God. He sees the power of God, the faithfulness of God, the provision of God. But yet there are times where he still struggles, where he still doubts. And I don't know for those of you who are here who, whose week's been rough, the season that you're in is tough and you just feel like you had enough. Those of you who are heavy in spirit, worried, maybe it's a health issue, maybe maybe it's a financial crisis, maybe you're currently battling with anxiety. You know what? This message is for you. It, it really is for you. And I believe that God's going to do something tonight. That God's going to give you something tonight and do something inside of you tonight. I I really believe that. You're going to walk out these doors with a peace that transcends all understanding that you don't understand. Why am I so confident of this? Because I believe that the Lord is near. He's close. So before we start the sermon would you pray with me? Father, we acknowledge that you are here. You are not far, but you're near. And I ask that your Holy Spirit open our eyes, soften our hearts for us to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, would you travel back in time with me to witness this scene? You see a man whose clothes are all torn and stained by sweat. His eyes are wide open. His mouth is, is totally open in utter horror as he is witnessing branches and dirt and rocks just flying in a chaotic mess. He is witnessing firsthand. He's close up to a hurricane. His hair is all messy. His beard is being blown back. Even he himself is be blown away. As his feet now is, is hanging in the air and he's hanging on for dear life, what you hear, church, is a record scratch. The frame freezes and you start hearing this man's inner thoughts. Something like this. I don't know why it's not working, but it's meant to be, yep, that's me. You may be wondering how I got into this situation, but it happened 40 plus days ago. So let me give you the context of chapter 19. We get introduced to an Elijah who's confident. He was the Elijah that went out and he said, There will be no rain, and there was. Three years of drought until Elijah says there will be rain. This was the same Elijah that was, that was out in hiding and the, the kings and the, the armies could not find him. He, even though he had a bounty on his head, he's a marked man, but he, he just lived jolly and he, and he was being fed by ravens. He, this was the same Elijah that raised a widow's kid f- from dead to life. And then it gets to chapter 18. We see Elijah challenging Elijah. 850 prophets that served other gods on Mount Carmel. It was the showdown of the century. Who could call down a fire from the heavens? The contest was between two altars. And whichever altar gets burnt up first is the one true God. And so what we see is a scene where we have 850 prophets consisting of Baal worshippers and the Asherah worshippers, they were dancing around this altar. They were yelling in hysteria, ah, ah, and they were cutting themselves with knives and spears the first emos, I don't know. From morning to evening. Yet their God did not respond to them. Nothing happened. And until it was Elijah's turn, he steps up to the podium. He steps up to the stage. And all he said was, God, you show them who you are. And the fires came down from the heaven and it burnt up the whole sacrifice. It burnt up the whole altar that was drenched in waters three times. And it even scorched the earth. So those of you who play Dota 2, think of Invoker's Sunstrike. And the Israelites, the whole nation, was then convinced, Yep, Elijah's God is the one true God. Elijah's God is the real God. And so they put to death the 850 other prophets. And the Bible says that Elijah then went to the city of Jezreel. And even though Elijah is is a wanted man, why can he go to the city of Jezreel, which was King Ahab's capital city at that time? You know, he should be running away, but no, he goes right to the capital city. Why? Why can he do that? Because he was so convinced that the king and queen are going to repent now because, you know, after that spectacular display of a fire, maybe the king and queen would change the mind and the nation would turn back to God. But he thought wrong. Because what happens, the Bible tells us, is the queen Jezebel She then vows to kill him the very next day. I'm going to get you, Elijah. And for Elijah, nothing came out of the spectacular. So after his service, after his amazing feats for the Lord, he's now exhausted and he's even going to be killed for it. His life is in danger. And so out of fear and frustration, out of anger and anxiety, he runs. He just runs. So imagine the scene from Forrest Gump. He just stands up and he just starts running. Run, Forrest, run. And he just keeps running. And we see Elijah's first reaction. He just runs. He runs himself to the ground, really, because from Jez- Jezreel to Bathsheba, which is 161 kilometers And from Bathsheba, he continues another 40 days and 40 nights, we find out, to the Mount Horeb, which is another 10,014 kilometers. Add that all together? I don't know, but, but you get the point. He just kept running. He runs himself to the ground. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you're like Elijah. When you face a problem, your first reaction is to run and you keep running you you try to get yourself far away from the problem as much as possible maybe you're in a season where you just can't take it anymore you had enough it's getting way too much bills are piling up illness is looming this pressure of assignments and grades and marks maybe there's work projects that needs to be handed in and it's due maybe it's ministry maybe it's family maybe it's a relationship And maybe you find yourself in a place of anxiety. You're worried and you're stressed. And maybe it's because you've just been working yourself way too hard. You've been running and running and running. You see, Church, my burnt-out situation right now, it's it's not out of nowhere. It just didn't happen out of all of a sudden, but it was an accumulation of my past. And in this next moment, I'm, I'm not flexing. I'm, I'm not flexing. Don't, don't get that wrong. Yes, that was flexing, but. I've been, I started preaching since I was in high school. This is even before I went to Bible college. This is even before I went into full time ministry. I was that guy that jumped on at every preaching opportunity. And I've been doing this for a good 12 years now. And now I'm at the point and I'm in the season where I'm just struggling to even write a sentence for the sermon. I'm running out of ideas. I'm running on dry. And I've been running and running. Another thing that we see Elijah do, that we might do, is he leaves his servants behind. Don't we all, when sometimes we have an internal turmoil, we wall out those around us. We don't let anyone in. in. And maybe I'm in this season because, again, I'm acting all happy, go lucky. I'm acting jolly. I'm acting everything's okay. But sometimes I just need a little help. Maybe church would be a bit more homey if we just all opened up and be a little bit honest to each other. That's why if you're here at Oikos Church and you haven't joined a small group, I recommend that you you join a small group because that's where you really do life together. That's where you get support for one another. And so back to the passage. Things get really, really bad for Elijah. He keeps running himself to the ground and he's so tired now and he's sitting under a tree and Elijah yells out to God, God, I just want to end it all. I just want to die. Can you kill me? Just, just get it over and done with. Now, which is weird because Elijah, out of the fear for his life, starts running and now he just wants to die. I'm like, Elijah, you're tripping. No, no, he's just really struggling. That's what anxiety does to you. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And I know we are now currently living in the 21st century, and suicide is on the rise. It's, there's more cases than ever before. And maybe there is someone in this room, or those of you who are tuning into the podcast, maybe you have recently thought of suicide. But may I gently just point out to you that even though Elijah, in the midst of his despair and sorrow, even in this type of situation, he does not presume that he has the right to take his own life. That's why he's asking God, God, can you do it? He's in utter darkness. But I want you to turn your attention to God now. Look what a good God does. God begins to treat Elijah God begins to heal Elijah. So what does God do? God sends an angel. And what does the angel do? The angel does not go, Oh, toughen up, princess. No. The angel didn't even go, Repent, you sinner. No. The angel does none of that. But what does the angel of the Lord do? The Bible says the angel touches Elijah Cooks for Elijah, prepares a meal for him, and gives him a drink. He does this twice. Man, that's this. There's a whole sermon in itself. You can learn something from that. And maybe many of us, if we are honest, maybe we have experienced something like this in the past. The moment that we open that we are hurt, that there's something, or that something's not okay in our lives, what we get in return is weird looks judgmental eyes like where the problem and then we hear stuff like hey christian they, you shouldn't be sad you should be like you know you should be blessed and, you know, or they say hey hey ye of little faith like where the problem did, did did you sin did you do something wrong maybe maybe god's punishing you for this church people do not need another lecture But sometimes what they need is a meal and you just let them rest. The Bible says the angel comes and he touches Elijah. And sometimes the people around you don't need a word of judgment. They just need a physical touch from you, like a hug. And right now, I want to take a moment to, to honor my wife that's sitting in the dark baby room over there. Um. <laughs> yeah! Thanks, Demi! <laughs> All right, let me tell you of an amazing wife that I have. When she knows that I'm sad, when I, she knows that I'm having a rough week, you know what she gets me? A bubble tea. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> it works. And I also remember months ago, there was a moment I just broke down in breath. I'm not sleeping and I just broke down and I remember the only word I repeated was, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. And it went on for ages. And my wife in silence, all she did for me was just hugged me until I fell asleep. So thank you, Demi. You're great. <laughs> awesome. Love you. <clears throat> and maybe at the end of the service, We can wholly hug each other. You heard, right? The word holy. I said holy. So keep it holy. Keep some Holy Spirit (laughs) distance on you. And if you do hug some ground rules, maybe husband and wives you pair up, don't hug another person of the opposite sex. That is not your spouse because you'll get kicked out of the house and you'll sleep on my couch. Like, I don't want that. And if you're single tonight, keep it, you know, girls and girls and boys. I want to see some bromance, all (laughs) right? And moving along, let's move along. Verse 8. Tells us Elijah, he just runs and runs until for 40 days, 40 nights, until he reaches Mount Horeb. Now we may not know what Mount Horeb means. Well it means mountain of God, but we might not know much about Mount Horeb. But Mount Horeb actually goes by another name, a more famous name by Mount Sinai. It's the same mountain, Mount Sinai. It's the very same place that Moses met with God and the presence of the Lord swept past. And it's here at Mount Sinai that Elijah takes a nap and a sleep in a cave until he gets woken up by a voice of God, a voice that is asking him a question. And just a side note, Every time that God asks you a question, it's not like he doesn't know the answer, like he's surprised. It's like, oh, Elijah, what are you doing here? No, 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 no. God knows why Elijah's there. When God asks you a question, it's not so much for, for him to get the information. No, no, it's for you to get the information. It's for you to realize what sort of situation that you're in. And we see what God does. God just listens. Doesn't cut Elijah off. Sometimes we just need to do that with each other. We just need to listen to each other. And then Elijah, he starts spilling out I've been zealous for you, God. I've been trying so hard, and I did all this, and I did all that, and I'm the only one. They put all your other servants to death, and I'm the only one, and I'm, my life's in danger. And that's why I'm running. I'm alone. And I'm going to die. And Elijah continues to yap away. And what did God do? God did not squish him. No, no, he says, Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain because the presence of the Lord will pass by. And what happens is we get to that scene where his hair is all blowing and he's clinging on to dear life. He witnessed a freak of a storm, like a tornado or a hurricane, and then he starts seeing an earthquake and everything's just shattering and he's losing his balance. And then we see a great fire that is raging, like an apocalypse-like scene unfolding before his eyes. And the Bible says, yet God was not in the wind the earth or the fire. But then came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his head and he went out. God was not in the remarkable, but God was in the ordinary. Why did God whisper? Why, why didn't God just, just speak it Normally, why didn't God use a microphone or a megaphone, just, just speak loudly and, and clear? But why did God whisper? Let me tell you a story. There was a pastor's kid, this daughter, who was so frustrated. She comes into her father's office saying, Dad, Dad, I prayed and I prayed and God's not answering. I can't hear him. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And I've been praying and I haven't heard anything from God. And the father saw that something's wrong with the daughter. Says, Ariel, <laughs> you know it's a made up story in my head. <laughs> Ariel, what's wrong? And she repeats, I'm not hearing God. I'm not hearing God, Dad. And I've been praying, but he's not, it seems like he's not answering me. And then the father says something. The father says. And then the daughter says, Dad, Dad, I saw your lips moving, but I didn't hear anything you said. And then the father repeats. Dad, you better not be trolling me right now. I can't hear you, Dad. What are you saying? And then the father gets the daughter to come closer. Waves the daughter to come closer. As their heads are bent and now their foreheads are touching, the father whispers. Sometime God whispers so that you would come closer to hear him. Sometime God whispers so that you would come closer to hear him. So sometimes so many of our prayers is to get an answer from God, but sometimes when God answers you, his goal is to get you closer to him. A whisper. A whisper. In the Hebrew it literally translates to a silent sound or a gentle blowing. That's what Elijah got, a gentle blowing. And here in our English dictionary, it says something about a whisper. A whisper is using one's breath without one's vocal cords. And another interesting fact about the name Elijah, there's three parts to his name, L, I, and Ja. three parts. The E-L is short for Elohim, which means God. And the I means my and the last part is JAH. 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 This is how the Jewish devout Jews back in those days would pronounce Yahweh. Because they can't even pronounce the full name of Yahweh. They feel that they are unworthy to say God's name. That's why instead of adding the vowels to it, they just say Yah And Yah. It's like a breath. Hyah. So you add all three parts together, and Elijah's name means, my God is Yahweh. And also what this symbolize and what it's really expressing is, my God is my Yah. Or in other words, my God is my breath. My God is my breath. the Lord breathed into the man's nostril and he came to life. From a pile of dirt, he became Adam. Do you know Jesus, when he rose back from the dead, one of the first things that he did for his disciples was he actually breathed on them. Breath. Maybe some of you are here tonight and you find it hard to breathe in your anxiety. Maybe you've been running and running and you feel that you are out of breath. But let me remind you, my God is my breath. My God sustains me. And Elijah was able to hear the whisper of God. He hears the whisper of God. Let me tell you how powerful a whisper of God is. Don't misunderstand one's absence of loudness to be one's absence of power. Because when Elijah hears the whisper of God, it puts him on track. It puts him in the right perspective. No, no, Elijah, you are not alone. There are seven other th- 7,000 other servants who have not bowed down to the gods of Baal, but worships me. You are not alone, Elijah. Elijah, what are you doing here? Go back and anoint two other kings. And Elijah, you know, he, he does so. And he, so he anoints the king of Syria. And he also anoints the king of Israel. And he also anoints the next prophet. That's how powerful a whisper of God can do. It changes government. It changes the nations. And the last thing I want you to notice... Turn with me to verse 11. The last thing I want you to notice. God tells Elijah in verse 11 Elijah, get out. Get out of where? We find out in verse 9. It tells us that Elijah was sleeping in a cave. Now, in our English Bibles, especially in the NIV, when we read the word cave, we think a cave, but, but in the Hebrew, the word's more generic than that. It just means a hollow rock or a cleft. Now, if you don't know what a cleft is, it's just one big boulder rock with a, a split or a crack in between where, where you, you can actually fit inside this big rock. So Elijah, he wasn't sleeping in a cave per se. He was sleeping in a cleft, a cleft. Centuries before this passage, there was a man named Moses on the very same mountain, the Mount of Sinai. He says to God, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see your presence. I want to I witness you. And then God says to Moses, Moses, if you see me, you would die. But then God takes Moses and hides him inside of a cleft of a rock and God's presence passed by. This situation is almost the same where the presence of God passes by. And now a lot of commentators, when I did the study for this, they say this is the exact same rock that Moses was hidden under. So in verse 11, when God says to Elijah, Elijah, get out. But then we only see Elijah gets out in verse 13 when he hears the small whisper. That's that's the, that's, why didn't he? Why didn't he get out straight away? Was he being disobedient? Now, let's think logically. When you're about to get out of this cleft, what you see is a freak storm of a wind. You see a catastrophic earthquake. You see a raging fire. If this was me, I was like, oh yeah, nah, yeah, nah, no, no. I'll wait till that dies down. Only then you will come out. But but think about it. Why was Elijah not touched? by all those disasters. Why did the wind, the earthquake and the fire did not harm him? Why? It's because the rock shielded him. The rock gets torn down. The rock gets shattered. The rock gets burnt up. The disasters in front of Elijah did not hurt Elijah. Elijah was not smitten. He didn't die. He wasn't killed by the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. Really, what they were, were tokens of judgment. And it was the rock that receives the judgment. But in return, Elijah gets the whisper. What does this all mean? I'll tell you. Centuries later, God brings both Moses and Elijah back to earth from heaven for a very special event that you can read in Luke chapter 9. You see, Moses and Elijah appear with one another on a mountain called Mount of Transfiguration. And here they see Jesus Christ in all of His glory and they spoke to Him about His death. Moses and Elijah both saw the rock of all ages that has Hid them as the Lord's presence passed over and they were spared. Again, what does this mean? I want to point you to Calvary. As Jesus hung on that tree for all to see, Jesus got the brutal wind. In Proverbs, it says, He who troubles his house will inherit a wind. In other words, the wind, it was pretty much a curse. But Jesus took the curse so you and I can get the blessing. When Jesus died, remember how the the Bible records there was a big earthquake. The, The Bible records that the graves were opened. Why? Because Jesus' body was shattered. It was crushed. It was beaten. It was broken so that you and I could be healed and you and I could be made whole. The consuming wrath of God was poured out upon Jesus. He was disintegrated so that you and I could receive the forgiveness of God. It was the wrath of God that was quenched by the shedding blood of the Son. So that you and I could stand in the presence of a holy, just, righteous, mighty God and for Him to say, Righteous. It was He that who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. And it was in those moments that the Father turned away from the Son. In all of eternity's past, in all of eternity's presence, only in that moment they were separated. But that was to give you and I a chance to be reconciled to the Father, to be close with Him, to be intimate with Him, to enter into a personal relationship with Him. When Jesus on that faithful cross breathed His last. As Jesus breathed His last, it was for you and I to breathe our first. We received the breath of God. We received Yahweh. It was us that deserved the judgment. It was us that deserved hell. It was us that deserved the wrath of God. But in return, we received a whisper. Church, do you not see what Christ has done for you? Can you hear Him? God bless you, church.